Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, January 8th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back and make sure you tell them I sent you. Once again, the website is BeantownAthletics.com. So it is a Friday, which means I will wrap up the show and the week with my picks with the spread in the NFL as we get set for wild card weekend. There were only four games this weekend, two on Saturday. They're both the AFC wild card games and two on Sunday, the NFC wild card games on Sunday. So I'm going to pick all four games for you with the spread before I close it out here today on this Friday afternoon. Now, my record on the season is 41, 43, and 1. 41 wins, 43 losses, and a push. 85 picks have been made throughout the 17 weeks of the NFL regular season. I finished just under 500, but there's still time to get above 500. And I have four picks in front of me with the spread now on Wednesday. I did sort of tease a couple of these picks when I gave you my official NFL playoff predictions and my official NFL playoff preview. Go back to Wednesday's podcast to check that out. Uh, But when you get into the spread, some things do change because you might think a team is going to win, but they may not cover, right? So you take the other team with the spread. Uh, So it is a little bit different. So I, I do... I will tell you to stick around. At the end of this show, I will give you my picks. It's a segment we call Picks Picks every single Friday, and it continues uh, through the NFL playoffs. Now, here in New England, a lot of people trying to pick and choose. You know, everybody's writing a column or sending out a tweet uh, or talking about it on the radio or on whatever podcast they do about what team They'd rather see the Patriots play in the divisional round because the Patriots have a bye along with the Broncos, along with the Panthers, and along with the Cardinals. But just sticking with the AFC for a minute. See, I haven't given you the team that I, I, I would like to face. because, And the reason I haven't done that is because the three teams the Patriots could play in the divisional round are the Cincinnati Bengals, the Houston Texans, and the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Steelers beat Cincinnati, the Steelers automatically go to Denver, and the Patriots would host the winner of Kansas City and Houston. Now, if Cincinnati beats Pittsburgh, Cincinnati automatically comes to New England to take on the Patriots. So, the, But there's only three teams the Patriots could face. They cannot play Pittsburgh in the divisional round. Potentially, they could play Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship, Uh, if Pittsburgh beats Cincy and then goes into Denver and wins. But other than that, the Patriots cannot play the Steelers uh, in in the divisional round. So when you ask me, out of the three teams the Patriots could play, which of those three teams do you not want to see them face, or which of those three teams would you like to see the Patriots play? I don't really have an answer to that question, and the reason is because I'm not scared of any of those three teams. I'm not scared of the Chiefs. I'm not scared of the Texans. And I'm not scared of the Bengals. Now, there is news on the Cincinnati Bengals on this Friday afternoon. And that is, they have officially ruled out Andy Dalton. Now, if you've listened to this show and listened to my podcast, I think you know how I've felt about this situation the last couple weeks and even the last couple days, is that I didn't believe Andy Dalton was playing even though they told us that the cast was coming off. I just didn't, it didn't look like a situation in which you'd be putting him under center with a broken thumb on his throwing hand. I don't care if he took the cast off or not. And now you're hearing things like at practice this week when the media was watching, Andy Dalton was just sort of toying with him, took a couple snaps, threw the ball, but threw the ball with his left hand, right? Uh, You start hearing things like that. You definitely know he's not playing in this game. A.J. McCarron will start. 
I've believed this all along, but today the Bengals have made that official that A.J. McCarron will be the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals as they host the Pittsburgh Steelers Saturday night. Saturday, the two games, Kansas City at Houston, and that game's at 4.30, and then, what, at 8.15, Pittsburgh in Cincinnati, and, of course, the two games on Sunday, Seattle in Minnesota at 1 o'clock, and then Green Bay in D.C. to take on the Washington Redskins at 4.30. But, really, the biggest news today out of those four games is the fact that the Bengals have officially ruled out Andy Dalton. Now, for people that think, and look, again, I'm not scared of the Bengals, even if they had Dalton. Like, I'm just not. I I did tell you in my prediction special on Wednesday that I think Cincinnati is going to beat Pittsburgh. And I, we can get in, I'll get into that when we get to my picks. And because the spread, the Bengals are a three point, three point dog in this one. Um, But, but so we can get into the reasons for that in just a bit. But whether it's McCarron or Dalton, if if the Bengals beat Pittsburgh, which I think they will, and they come to Gillette Stadium automatically, I'm not scared of the Bengals. I mean, look, they got a they have a good defense, and they don't turn the ball over a lot. But when you look at Cincinnati's playoff history, I mean, they haven't won a playoff game since 1991. And I do actually think that it's going to be A.J. McCarron, the Bengals' starting quarterback at Gillette Stadium in two, in two weeks, in, or in a week and a half, whatever you – next week, you could say, right? I do think it's going to be A.J. McCarron at Gillette because if the Cincinnati Bengals are going to play the Patriots in the divisional round, what does that mean? That means the Bengals won their last game, and that means they won it with A.J. McCarron under center. And I've told you a couple times this week, I think that you're going to see some type of quarterback controversy, but if I'm the Bengals in that situation, and I guess we're sort of jumping the gun on this argument and this conversation, but if I'm the Bengals, and you you do have to discuss it internally, I, I mean, you do, whether you go back to Dalton if he's ready or you keep throwing out A.J. McCarron, if you beat Pittsburgh, this weekend, on Saturday night, at home, in the playoffs, in the wild card round, you have to stick with the quarterback that won you that game. I'm sorry. You do. Look at A.J. McCarron. Now, yesterday I told you, or the day before, whatever day it was, I told you that McCarron had played in uh, six games this season. And he's thrown six touchdowns and has only thrown two interceptions in those six games. Now, the number of games that I told you can be deceiving if you haven't been paying attention to the NFL and the Bengals season. Yes, McCarron's played six games, but he has only started three. And in fact, if you want to talk about him playing a full game or most of the game, it's only really been four games. I mean, the other two games, uh, he only came in for a couple, you know, he was only in there for a couple snaps. So really, if you want to look at A.J. McCarron's season, as the Bengals quarterback, I think you can you can look at it and forget about the fact that he's played six games officially. Realistically, it's only been four. He came in against the Steelers on December 13th. You remember that's the game that Andy Dalton went down and with the with the broken thumb, he tried to make a tackle on a play. And uh he in that game against Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh won it, but McCarron, 22 of 32, 280 yards passing, right? 280 in the year, two touchdowns, two interceptions. You want to get into being more specific about playing time and how many games he's played? Let's talk about how many games he's started. As the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals this year, at San Fran, a win. A loss at Denver in overtime. A win against Baltimore at home in the regular season finale. In the three starts that McCarron has had as the quarterback of the Bengals, he has thrown four touchdowns and no interceptions. Four touchdowns and no interceptions. And I think that's the key for McCarron in this game against Pittsburgh, is don't turn the ball over. And if he doesn't turn the ball over, then I think you seriously have to look at him if you're the Bengals, 
and if you win the game and say we got to stick with them. Because what's the, what would be the argument for going back to Dalton? It certainly wouldn't be Dalton's a guy that, uh, that got us to the playoffs. Well, Dalton's got you to the playoffs before. That's not the argument, okay? That's not the argument. The argument should be who's the guy that's been better in the playoffs? And if you look at Andy Dalton's playoff career now, all right, he's been to the playoffs four times. He's played in four playoff games. He has made four playoff starts. Here they are, 2011. They go to Houston, and they lose 31-10. to 10. Dalton, 27 of 42, 257 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. That was his playoff debut. His second playoff game, the following year, 2012. Cincinnati goes to Houston again. Cincinnati loses again. This time, a little bit closer, 19-13, they lose to the Texans. Andy Dalton's stats, 14 for 30, 127 yards passing, no touchdowns, and one interception. So through Dalton's first two playoff games, yes, they go on the road. Yes, they lost to two uh, good, very good Houston Texans defenses. But Dalton, no touchdowns and four interceptions through his first two playoff games. Then playoff game number three in 2013. The Bengals have a home game. They host the San Diego Chargers. They lose to the Chargers 27-10. Andy Dalton, 29 of 51 for 334 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. All right? Again, a loss. Another loss. They were at home. So Andy Dalton makes the playoffs, takes him to the playoffs. Three straight years, 2011, 2012, 2013. And up until that point, Andy Dalton in those playoff games, those three playoff games, one touchdown, six interceptions. Not good enough. And three losses and an 0-3 record. And then last year, he takes them back to the playoffs. For the fourth straight year, the Bengals go to the playoffs. What do they do? They go to Indy and they lose to the Colts. 26 to 10. Andy Dalton's numbers, 18 of 35 for 155 yards. No, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but again, no touchdowns. All right. Andy Dalton's playoff career in four playoff games as a quarterback who's taken the Bengals to the playoffs. Uh a team and an organization that has not won a playoff game since 91. Andy Dalton's stats, 0 for 4 in the playoffs. One touchdown, six interceptions. That's, that's not good enough. And he, by the way, no rushing touchdowns, in case you were wondering. Not like you thought Andy Dalton was some speedster that's out there rolling out of the pocket. But, I mean, still, you never know. You could get a QB sneak or two, and you could say he made an impact that way. Okay, well, he didn't even do that. So, Andy Dalton, the one argument you can't make if you're internally trying to discuss who you should start if you end up making it to the divisional round and playing the Patriots at Gillette Stadium, internally in Cincinnati, I don't know what you could say that would convince you Andy Dalton should actually be handed the keys to the car once again if A.J. McCarron gets you a playoff win like I, against Pittsburgh. So I don't know if there's any argument, really. It does have to be discussed, but I think it's a quick discussion. I think you have to say we're going to stick with A.J. McCarron in the divisional round if he wins us a wild card game. Now, they have to win the game first. I understand that. But I'm telling you, I think they will. And if they do, Cincinnati automatically comes to New England. Now, people could say, well, do you want to face Cincy or would you rather have Pittsburgh win? Are you going to be rooting for Pittsburgh so that you play the winner at Houston and Kansas City? And if, you know, who would you rather play in that situation, Kansas City or Houston? And I say, well, wait a minute. I'm not scared of Kansas City or Houston. I'm not. I mean, who do I think is the better team out of those two teams? I think Kansas City's the better team. Mainly because I've seen their quarterback win a playoff game. And also because I think you can't just overlook the fact that the team has won 10 straight games. I mean, you could look and try to point out their flaws all you want, but when you win 10 straight in this league, you have to acknowledge it, and you have to basically except the fact that it's no fluke. So Kansas City's a good team. I always feel like Kansas City's a better team in their own building, though. And they'd have to be coming to Gillette on the road. Uh, I do think Kansas City's a tougher matchup than Houston. 
And I say that not because I knock Houston's defense, not because I don't acknowledge that J.J. Watt is playing with two hands now, uh, but I, I told you the last couple of days, you know, the Texans, to me, they just don't have a quarterback. I'm not buying into Brian Hoyer, and if something happened to him, you're going with T.J. Yates, I'm not buying into that either. Neither of those two quarterbacks are going to come into Gillette Stadium and win a football game. It's just not going to happen. It's been the one thing that's been holding back Houston for all these years when they've had these good defenses, and it's going to be, once again, the thing that holds them back in 2015-16. It is. They don't have a QB. I don't think they're going to beat Kansas City. I think the better team's going to win that game, even though it's in Houston. Uh, Kansas City, I think, is going to beat the Texans. I told you that already. And, uh, you know, need, but... As, as much as I say Kansas City's a better team, I'm, I'm not scared of them. I don't think the Patriots should be scared of them. I think the Patriots can beat either of those teams. And if, you, if it does end up being Cincinnati, which I think it's going to be, uh, I'm not scared of the Bengals either. Even if they had Andy Dalton. I just gave you those numbers. Why would you be scared of Andy Dalton in the playoffs? He's, he's a puddle in the playoffs. And just because A.J. McCarron will beat Pittsburgh... You know, look, a couple weeks ago, I was raving about the Steelers. You know, five, six weeks. You look at them when Ben was out, Big Ben, and you say, they have so many weapons offensively, even without Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but now they've ruled D'Angelo Williams out of their game. Uh, so he's banged up. He's not going to play. If they win, maybe he could play in the divisional round, and it's another weapon that they have. But it's no, he's no Le'Veon Bell. He's not. And, um... Look, a couple weeks ago, we were ranting and raving about Pittsburgh. But then, two weeks ago, in a must-win game, they lost to the Baltimore Ravens. Ryan, look, do the Steelers have offensive weapons? Yes, of course they do. They have offensive weapons. And uh, they have, so they have big play ability offensively. That, that does kind of scare me. But going back to what, you know, Ryan Mallett beat them two weeks ago. Ryan Mallett beat them two weeks ago. So uh, how seriously do you want to take Pittsburgh's defense? If Ryan Mallett can beat them in what Pittsburgh was playing in, a must-win game, I know people have said, people have tried to tell me, well, it wasn't a playoff game. And I go, well, wait, go back to the scenarios of the playoffs at the time. Pittsburgh needed to win to get in. Yes, they got help in Week 17, and they ended up winning and, and sneaking in the back door. But come on. You didn't know that the Jets were going to lose to Buffalo. If the Jets beat Buffalo, Pittsburgh was out. Which, which means that Pittsburgh, they needed to win the game against Baltimore because Pittsburgh at that point controlled their own destiny. If Pittsburgh going into that Baltimore game the second last week of the season, they're saying to themselves, this is a must win. Because if we win this and we win week 17, we're in regardless of what the Jets do. Because they lost that game against Baltimore, they realized what was at stake. They no longer controlled their own destiny. Now, we know how it worked out. The Jets, they completely choked in Buffalo. Fitzpatrick completely choked in a, in a win-and-you're-in situation, which opened the door for Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh took advantage of a second chance. Pittsburgh got a second chance. They got in. They needed to be Baltimore at the time, though, the week before, and they knew that. It was a must-win. So it wasn't officially a playoff game for Pittsburgh, but at the time, it really was a playoff game. As much of a playoff game as you're going to get in the regular season. So, w with all that being said, and what was at stake, and knowing what was at stake, Ryan Mallett still beat you in that game. You think that Tom Brady couldn't beat them at home in the AFC Championship? I mean, come on now. I, I, I Honestly, I'd rather see the game at home. I would. I'd rather see Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship than go to Denver. Now... Do the, the Broncos in general, do they scam me as a team? Not really. Do I think they're the most dangerous team in the AFC? Considering the fact that, I'm, I'm saying outside of the Patriots, of course. Considering the fact that you'd have to now go to Denver against that Denver defense in Denver? We saw what happened a couple years ago when, that, when you needed to go do that. And it didn't work out for you. It didn't work out for the Patriots. Denver, in general, is no, Peyton Manning, no Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler, whoever their quarterback is. Uh, they, honestly, I'm not sitting here worried about them, but the situation, 
that you could have going to Denver against their defense, which is one of the top defenses in football, that absolutely, if you ask me what is the most worrisome thing in this conference, in the playoffs, that you'd have to do, I'd say going into Denver playing that defense in the AFC Championship. Now, do I think the Patriots can't win that game? I think they can win that game. Uh, I think they can win it with their own defense, to be honest. But um, to have to play Denver's D in Denver, that is worrisome to me. I wouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't say I'm scared, and I don't think the Patriots can win. But it's the most worrisome thing in the conference as I look around because that's what we're doing here in New England. Last couple days, we're sitting here debating who would you rather play: Cincy, Kansas City, Houston. Who do you want to play? And, and to be honest, I don't have an answer to that question because. In the divisional round against those three teams, it doesn't matter. If you're asking me, who would you rather play in the AFC championship? That's a different question. And the answer to me, I'd rather play Pittsburgh in the AFC championship because it's home. It's at home. It's at Gillette. There is just something about going to Denver against that defense. Look, if Denver didn't have a great D, I I probably wouldn't feel that way saying they're the most worrisome team, or I should say it like this. That would be, that's the most worrisome situation that I would and could possibly have in these playoffs against an AFC team. Now, you get into NFC and Super Bowl situations that may be worrisome. Uh, I can get into that in a minute. But just sticking with the AFC right now, if you want to get asked me about the AFC championship, if you think the Patriots get there, who would you... I mean, who would you rather see, Denver or Pittsburgh? If that's the way this thing plays out, if if Pittsburgh wins their game against Cincinnati, I'll tell you, I'll take the home game. That's that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll take the game at home. I will, rather than go to Denver. And if it's not Denver, let's say Cincinnati wins, Cincinnati comes here to New England for the divisional round, Patriots beat Cincy, and either Houston or Kansas City goes to Denver. I'll be rooting for either Houston or Kansas City. Just so for the mere fact that you don't want to go to Denver to have to play their defense in Denver. I mean, that, that it really is a worrisome situation, not really worrisome team to play against. So that's how I feel about the AFC. And, uh, I mean, my predictions on Wednesday, I told you, I think the Patriots are going to go to Denver, and I think the Patriots are going to win that game because I think Bill Belichick at the end of the day, is going to do things defensively to disguise the blitz, to confuse Peyton Manning. Yes, I bring up the word again, disguision. That's my, that's my theory to beat Peyton Manning, a little disguising, whether it's up the middle from Hightower and Collins, whether it's a little one guy on an A-gap, A-gap blitz up the middle, you know, Chandler Jones or Ninkovich get there, Malcolm Brown gets in, you name it, Jabal Sheard. You know, they got a lot of options to get to Peyton Manning, and I think they'll be able to do that, and Patriots can win that game with their defense, and I think they will. Uh, but that will, be a, that will be a stressful game. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it'll be a stressful game. Um, I think they'll get to the Super Bowl. You ask me NFC scenario. What NFC team would you not want to play in the Super Bowl? I think, look, NFC I think is a stronger conference than the AFC right now, and I know I might be... Uh, getting ahead of myself, already trying to pick and choose who you want to play and who you don't want to play in the Super Bowl when you haven't even won a playoff game yet this year. Um, but if we're gonna, if I'm gonna stick with my predictions and I'm gonna stick with the fact that I think the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl Fifty, if you ask, if I had to pick one team, you're you're only giving me one team out of the six teams in the NFC that I don't want to play in the Super Bowl, either Carolina, Arizona. Minnesota, Washington, Green Bay, Seattle. Um, one team I don't want to play, I wouldn't want to play, or it would be the most, I should say this, it would be the most worrisome team, most worrisome situation in Super Bowl 50. I would tell you that team would be Arizona. I just think Arizona's got it all. I think they got it all. I think they got the quarterback. I think they've, fig- they've got their running back situation figured out uh, with David Johnson. I think they've got a uh, receiving core that's as dangerous as there is in this league. I think that they have an offensive line 
that is good enough to protect Kassin Palma to find those weapons and have a big game against any type of defense. I look at Arizona's defense. I look at their secondary. They got some big-time playmakers in that secondary, and I look at their pass rush. If you've watched the Cardinals play, they can get to the quarterback. Just ask Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago. So... (laughs) The Cardinals, to me, have it all. And that's not to take anything away from Carolina, who's 15-1, and one, who's the one seed in the NFC, who has the, I, I believe, and I don't even think it's up for debate anymore, they have the MVP in Cam Newton, right? They do. They have the MVP. Uh, not to take anything away from them, but when you look at their team and all the weapons that they have, yes, they got a nice defense. They got some, they got playmakers in the secondary. They got guys that can get to the quarterback. They have the MVP at quarterback. Do they have the receiving core? Eh, I'm not sold on that. Do they have the run game? Eh, I'm not sold on that, that it's that dangerous. Now, Cam Newton can can do give you the run game himself. You don't have to talk about the running backs. But still, I just, Carolina, to me, they're not as dangerous all around up and down the roster as Arizona is. Not to say that Carolina's not dangerous. They are, but they're not as dangerous as the Cardinals, in my opinion. If, you give, if you're giving me one game against one team in the NFC that I don't want to face, it's, it's Arizona. It's Arizona. Now, I think the Patriots can still beat the Arizona Cardinals, but that's the team I don't want to face. If, if, you, if you make me pick one, that's the team. Ahead of myself? Maybe. But we'll see how it plays out. The wild card round, uh, it begins Saturday this weekend. There are four games. I'll close out the show making my picks with the spread for that. Uh, Looking around at the NFL, at some of the other news today on this Friday as we wrap up the week. I told you, Bengals, they have ruled out Andy Dalton. Dalton will not play. It'll be A.J. McCarron. Uh, the Chargers, this, now we get into some of the coaching stuff. The other news is really coach related, the coaching carousel in the NFL. The San Diego Chargers have announced they are bringing back coach Mike McCoy on a one year deal. So the question now is, it isn't who's going to be the coach. We know Mike McCoy will be coaching them next year. The question is, where will he, where will he be coaching? Are the Chargers going to LA? They've applied to go to L.A., or are they going to stay in San Diego? Are they going to go somewhere else? I don't know. Is there somewhere else to go? I'm not sure. So we'll see where San Diego is. We'll see where the Chargers are playing. Will they be playing in San Diego or L.A. next year? But Mike McCoy, regardless of where they play, he will be the coach. Uh, Chip Kelly. I told you the other day, Chip Kelly, we know he's been fired from the Eagles before the regular season even ended. But... His representatives, and this isn't really what what you want to have to do, right? Usually you want the team to reach out to your representatives. Chip Kelly, his representatives have reached out to the team. They have reached out to the San Francisco 49ers. According to reports, Chip Kelly has met with the 49ers. So we'll see where that goes. I, I told you on this show, I think the San Francisco job is better than people. It's better. It's a better job than NFL analysts are given a given a credit for. It really is. I I think because you got Colin Kaepernick sitting there, and I still think he can be a weapon in this league. I really do. And if Chip Kelly can work with him, great. But I think one thing you got to do if you're San Francisco, don't let him talk you into becoming the GM too. Like, don't let him be a guy that steps in there and go, "Hey, you want me to cook the dinner?" Don't let him take uh, uh, the words out of Bill Parcell's mouth. Don't let Chip Kelly go to San Fran and say, hey, you want me to cook the dinner? You got to let me shop for the groceries. You say, no, Chip, we're going to let you cook the dinner. We're going to let you come along while we go grocery shopping. But we have the final say in what groceries we put uh, into uh, basket and and cash out with, okay? (laughs) You're not doing the grocery shopping. You can come with us if you want. But we're not going to let you do that. So I, if San Francisco wants to go that route, all right, I can understand that. But if you're the 49ers, you know, somebody else needs to be making the uh, personnel decisions on that team. 
but we'll see what happens with the 49er job. And if Chip Kelly does get it, he has met with the 49ers. And a local story, obviously the Patriots are not looking for a new coach. Anybody who's brought up the idea that Bill Belichick is going to leave the Patriots to go to the Giants. And, and look, I know you just heard me say that and you laughed. But And I'm not saying that's a possibility. I'm telling you, there are people who have jobs in this business, in this industry, that actually believe that could happen. They, they might be New Yorkers, right? They might be Giants people. They might not be. But here's the deal. There are people that have talked about that and have brought that up for discussion. And that's the most insane thought I have ever heard in the history of sports, media, sports analysis, not just football, fucking sports, okay? All of sports to think that Bill Belichick would get up and leave the New England Patriots to go coach the New York Giants. He would leave Tom Brady to go coach Eli Manning, all right? That is not going to happen. Now, you got a much better shot of a Matt Patricia or a Josh McDaniels going to coach the Giants. Completely different. Bill Belichick is not... One, he's not leaving the Patriots. Two, he's not going to coach the Giants. All right? So get that out of your heads. It's not happening. But uh, so when I say a story with the coaching locally uh, related to a local storyline, it's Josh McDaniels and the report coming from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network is that Josh McDaniels, Patriots offensive coordinator, he says he will not interview with any teams this weekend. He won't interview with any teams this weekend on his bye weekend because he says he is focused on their game next weekend in the divisional round. And let's face it, Josh McDaniels, if he wanted to interview, he could interview with any team whose job is available. He could interview in Cleveland. He could interview in New York. He could interview in San Fran, right? He could interview in Philly. And we've heard reports about Philly that maybe John Gruden is interested in that job. I think John Gruden's got a pretty sweet gig. There's, you wouldn't see me running out of the booth to coach the, the Philadelphia Eagles. You really wouldn't see me doing that. But um, those are the reports. But Josh McDaniels, if he wanted to, on his bye week, hop on a, on a jet and make a couple trips and interview with a couple teams, he could. Uh, and, and he has every right to do so. But he's not going to, according to Ian Rappaport. And that is great news for the Patriots. That is great news for us here in New England. It means that this team that has seen their fair share of struggles here in the last six weeks, losing four of their last six, everybody from the players to the entire coaching staff is focused on getting back on track here during the bye week and focusing on getting getting back to business in the divisional round and bringing their A game in that one. I know there's people that are concerned. I, 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 can, I can understand it. I'm not going to call you an idiot. I'm, I'm not going to say you make no sense. You know, I, I think people, you know, if you're concerned about this Patriots team and how they've looked, I, I think that's a reasonable feeling to have because, let's face it, the Patriots have not looked good when you lose to the Eagles. When you lose to the Jets, when you then lose to the Dolphins, that is essentially limping in. But I have tried to remain calm. I've tried to take a step back, take a couple deep breaths, understand that Edelman's coming back, understand that when Edelman comes back, he's going to open things up for Gronk. He's going to even open things up for Amendola. If LaFell can start catching the football, all of a sudden you're looking at four weapons that Tom Brady has. You're going to use James White out of the backfield, catching passes a little bit more. I do like what I saw out of Steven Jackson. If you need him in, you know, short yardage situations to take his big body and late in a game in cold weather where nobody wants to tackle Steven Jackson, you can either move the chains or push that baby into the end zone. I, I like where they'll be at offensively. I really do. Even with Brady's ankle, they'll tape that bad boy up. You talk about Sebastian Vollmer coming back on the offensive line. And this is an organization that has proven they've been able to fix offensive line issues. And sometimes they've been able to do it in a very short period of time. And now they get the bye week. And again, you get healthy. And I tell you what, when Edelman gets back, 
Brady can get that ball out quicker. You might not need as much protection, you know, as you were asking for the last couple weeks. So I think the offense is going to get back, and they're going to click. And the defense, Chandler Jones didn't play in Week 17. Dante Hightower didn't play in Week 17. From everything that we've heard, they're going to be back playing in this playoff game next week. And uh, that and their presence is certainly going to help the secondary. I, I just look at this Patriots team, and I think if you be realistic about the bodies they have coming back, about the game plan that they'll probably have with those bodies, and about the execution that I think they'll absolutely have when those players get back, it, it, it's a trickle-down effect, and it means the Patriots will get back on track whoever they play. And if they can win that game, that means they did it because they got back on track. And then I think you should be feeling good about them going into an AFC championship game. And ultimately here, if there's any concern, it would be that maybe Josh McDaniels, I don't want to say has one foot out the door because there's no re- there's no way that would happen, even if he interviewed with teams. But it does, you got to you gotta admit, here in New England, it does feel pretty good to hear that your offensive coordinator with a struggling offense is going to 110% be focusing on your own team rather than go interview for jobs with another team next year. It, it feels good to hear that McDaniels is putting all his focus and all his effort on the New England Patriots. It does. It feels good to, to hear that, and it certainly feels good to say that and relay the message to you. That report coming from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. So there is your NFL news of the day. And again, uh, I'm going to close things out here with my picks with the spread heading into Wild Card Weekend. And on Monday, I will react to all of it on this podcast. You will not hear me on the radio for the second straight weekend. Uh, I am not on the schedule again. Look, I don't make the schedule. So I, I, I take the days and the time slots that I'm given. But you can hear me right here on the Danny Picard Show. Thank you for joining me. And uh, if you want my entire playoff predictions, I gave those on Wednesday's podcast. But my picks, you might think, well, isn't that the same as picks picks? No, it's not because I make picks picks with the spread. So I'm going to do that at the end of this show. But before I do, just a couple other thoughts here to wrap up the week. Uh, In the NBA last night, Yesterday, I did discuss the David Lee situation with this Boston Celtics team. David Lee, he did not play. He has not played the last couple games. Coach's decision, he's unhappy about it. He's, you know, a a guy that's, he has an expiring contract at the end of the year. So I still think he has trade value, even though if you don't play him. And, uh, you know, I've questioned, you know, why wouldn't you play him? Because... I I think that he can be a valuable asset to this team on the court, especially if you're not winning. And uh, the Celtics now, last night, with their loss against the Bulls in Chicago, they have lost two straight. They are in a tough spot right now, a little tough stretch going for them. And if you look at the standings on this Friday afternoon, the Celtics now have dropped out of the playoff race, just barely on the outside looking in with a 19-17 and record. Uh... So we, we, we keep our eye on what the Celtics are going to do. I do think they're going to make a trade at some point coming up soon. But when I look at what they need, well, after the Celtics game on TNT last night, I just so happened to watch the Lakers and the Kings. And as a Celtics fan, I've got interest in that game for a couple of reasons. One, you'd like to see the Lakers get a couple wins because the Celtics have the Brooklyn Nets first round draft pick. Now, the Brooklyn Nets have 10 wins this season. They have a 10-25 and 25 record. The Lakers have 8 wins this season, 8-29. and 29. Below them, the Philadelphia 76ers have 4 wins. Now, I don't think Philly's going to get any better than Brooklyn. Philly might not finish the season with 8 wins. So, they're probably going to have the best chance to get the number one overall pick, the 76ers. But if you want... The Celtics, to have the best chance they possibly could get to maybe get lucky and steal that number one overall pick in the lottery? Well, one, you want Brooklyn to lose, but you also want the Lakers to win because you don't want you don't want the standings to look like Philly, worst team, Lakers, second worst team, 
Nets, third worst team. And also, you got some other teams kicking around. New Orleans got 11 wins. Um, the, the Timberwolves have 12 wins. Phoenix just lost Eric Bledsoe for the year. They have 13 wins. Nothing saying that they're going to improve the rest of the season. You want the Lakers to win. Now, the Lakers, they blew it last night. It was a wild game. It was a wild finish. But here I am watching them cheering for Sacramento. And as I cheer for Sacramento for the reasons I just told you we need the Lakers to get a win, I watched the Kings play, and I watched DeMarcus Cousins. And if you've listened to me or read my columns or heard me on the radio, we got this podcast, you know that I want DeMarcus Cousins on the Celtics. I want the Celtics to go trade for him, all right? I've given my reasons many times before. DeMarcus Cousins last night, 32 minutes, 8 of 12 for the field, from the field, 10 rebounds, 29 points, 7 assists. 29 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. DeMarcus Cousins is an absolute beast, and the more I watch him play, uh, you know, you listen to him after, too. When you listen to him talk, I mean, people who say he's not a leader, I think he's trying to be. And, and, and I think the frustrations that come from him and the antics that, that he puts on display, the stories that we always hear about DeMarcus Cousins acting up, being a punk, or being immature, I've told you many times, I think it's a product of, of DeMarcus Cousins being part of an organization his entire career, that they've never been able to win. The Kings are 15 and 21. You know, after the game last night, he still said he still was upset. And he was upset because they let the Lakers back in that game. The Lakers had a crazy run. Like, I want to say it was like a 45 to 18 run in in the last uh, 15 minutes. I mean, it was a crazy run the Lakers put on display. And, um... You know, DeMarcus Cousins, even with a win, he was upset with that. Like, he gets upset for basketball purposes, and I think that goes over people's heads. You know, and and it's not like he's in an organization that's ever had a chance of winning. Like, they don't. You know, they, they don't win more than 25 games a year, ever, as long as he's been there. So, I mean, the things that I see from DeMarcus Cousins, the frustrations that he has, it comes from just... Uh, not being in a winning organization. I think if you brought him here, I think I, I think things would change. I think the Celtics would win with him, uh, given the other pieces that they have. Now, the Celtics, they bang, they have injuries. You know, without Avery Bradley, I think that really hurts. I really do think that hurts them. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it really is a big loss. But just looking at a couple things from that Kings-Lakers game after the Celtics loss, it's just that I watch DeMarcus Cousins and I say, the Celtics need to do everything they can to go get this guy. I, and I don't think Sacramento is going to be hesitant to move him. And I think that if they could get that Brooklyn pick along with some younger players, you're not, you know, not only do you get the superstar that you need, but also the Celtics issue right now is that they have too many guys. It's something that we've said from the get-go, from day one. They, they're too deep. They're deep. That's a good thing to have. They're too deep. All right, good problem to have. But at some point, you got to make a change. you got to do something about that. And you got to do it before the trade deadline. And while you're doing it, well, here's how you do it. You might as well bring in a superstar player to make it happen. Danny Ainge said he wants to trade quantity for quality. And um, what you would get with DeMarcus Cousins is a whole lot better than quality. I'll tell you that. And, you know, that's not just watching last night. It's watching this kid's entire career. And, uh, you know, he's only 25, so... It's a guy I want the Celtics to go trade for. We'll see what happens. But also, when I watched this game last night, too, and I'm thinking about the first pick, if the Lakers somehow were able to get the number one overall pick and they took Ben Simmons, the, one of the scariest duos in the league, without question, in my opinion, would be D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons. That would be, you know, if you're the Lakers, you want to be in that position. You want to be tanking. You want to put Ben Simmons on the court with D'Angelo Russell. It would be a devastating duo. D'Angelo Russell's going to be a stud. Now, I had questioned the Lakers for not taking uh, Jaleel Okafor, but guess what? Uh, you know, I, I wasn't knocking Russell, but when I watch him play now with the Lakers, I look and I say, eh, maybe I was wrong. I mean, I still like Okafor, and I wanted to see the Celtics trade up and get him. They didn't. And I know Okafor's had his moments this year where it looks like he's been a punk. He's been in fights outside the court. He's done some stupid shit. But, uh, you know, 
I, I still think he can be a dominant player in this league, but D'Angelo Russell right now is proven to be a dominant player this season. Just, he had an awesome game last night. And if the Lakers somehow get lucky enough to where, you know, they're the second worst team and they somehow win the lottery and get the number one pick, Simmons, Russell, that combination would be, that would be a devastating duo. It really would. It would be scary for the rest of the league. And it would just make the Lakers, I think, a contender in the next couple of years to win a championship. So uh, you don't, I don't want to see that. I do not want to see Simmons go to the Lakers. But uh, that's where we stand in the NBA. Uh, those are my thoughts on the NBA. And before I give you my picks for the wild card weekend, uh, just a UFC note. You know, I do have some UFC fighters in here every once in a while on this show. But uh, Conor McGregor, when he won his last fight against Aldo, he had teased the idea of moving up into the lightweight division the featherweight champion, Conor McGregor, he will actually do that, according to sources that tell ESPN. UFC 197 will be a pay-per-view event on March 5th in Las Vegas. On the card, reportedly, Holly Holm, she will fight. And also, Conor McGregor. And Conor McGregor will fight for the lightweight championship. He will move up from featherweight to lightweight and fight for the light. Weight championship uh, at 155 pounds. Those are the reports. Uh, nobody has, I don't think UFC has announced the fight at all, but at least those are the reports that that is going to happen. Conor McGregor officially is going to move up to the lightweight division and get a lightweight title shot, and that is going to take place in March in Las Vegas for UFC 197. So huge UFC news. I assume that's going to become an official story here in the next couple days. We'll keep an eye out on that. And uh, if it does, I'll react to it on Monday's podcast. But let's close out the week. It's been an exciting week. Again, if you missed my conversation with Boston Red Sox general manager, Mike Hazen, make sure you go do that on Tuesday's podcast. I am here five days a week. And again, on Wednesday, I gave you my NFL predictions throughout the entire playoffs, including my Super Bowl 50 champion. But as we enter the NFL playoffs, and as we begin the wild card round this weekend, I give you my picks. Picks, picks. It usually is five games with the spread. There's only four games this weekend, so I'm only going to give you four. Hit the music. I'm going to begin first and foremost with the Texans and the Chiefs. This one is the first game of the weekend, Saturday at 4.35. I'm going with Houston. That's right. Plus three and a half over the Chiefs in Houston. Now, you might say, well, I listened to your predictions. You already took Kansas City. You're right. I'm taking Kansas City to win the game. I'm only taking them to win by three. I think this is a close one. I've seen Kansas City win with their field goal kicker. I think they're going to do it again. They get a late field goal, which means the Texans will cover with that half point. They're at home. I'm jumping all over the half point. I'm taking Houston plus three and a half over Kansas City. But again, I do think Kansas City's going to win the game. It's just with the spread. That half point to me is going to be huge. I think it's a three-point game. I'm going to jump all over the Texans plus three and a half. Then I'm going with the Bengals at plus three over the Steelers in Cincy. Clearly, I told you that the Bengals are going to win this game. So I'm going to take the points with them. In fact, I won't even take the points. Though I have to because that's the way this segment goes. But I'm telling you, if you wanted to just take the Bengals straight up, that would uh, be a wise decision as well. But we do it with the spread, so I got to give it with this. Get, give it to you with the spread. The Bengals plus three over the Steelers in Cincy. Then I'm giving you the Seahawks minus five and a half over the Vikings in Minnesota. I already told you Seattle was going to win this game. It's going to be freezing cold, but uh, that does you know. I could have taken the points and say, well, I think, you know, I think Seattle might win by three, so you take Minnesota to cover. But no, I think Seattle will handle this one. Um, but they'll beat them by more than five and a half. Now, this is going to be a game in which both teams are going to run the football. It's going to be so cold. It's going to be tough to throw. 
Marshawn Lynch is going to play in this game. Adrian Peterson, the last time these two teams played, not too long ago, Seattle won. Peterson only got, what, eight rushes. I assume they're going to give him more than that. But Peterson's been banged up with different injuries the last couple weeks. So I'd be hesitant to put my money on Adrian Peterson, especially in the freezing cold, to dominate on the ground, even if he is given more than eight carries, which is what he was given the last time these two teams played, which was a terrible strategy. So they're going to improve that strategy. But will Peterson be healthy enough to carry the load and put the Vikings over the Seahawks. I do not think he will. So I'm going to take the Seahawks minus five and a half. I think they win this game by at least six, seven points by a touchdown. Seahawks win it. I'm taking them as a five and a half point favorite. And the only home favorite this weekend. That's right. The only team that's a home team and also a favorite are the Washington Redskins. Uh, I told you the Redskins are going to win. They're a one point favorite. Uh, they will win this game by more than one point. They might only win by three, but it will be good enough. Uh, the Redskins are going to win. They're going to move on. And then, of course, they will go on the road for their next game. And uh, because I think the Seahawks are going to win, that means the Seahawks go to Carolina and the Redskins would go to Arizona. But in this game, Redskins, Green Bay, the Packers have been limping in. And uh, the Redskins have showed me, you know, that, that combination of... Kirk Cousins to Jordan Reed is a big one. And uh, I think if the Redskins can play any defense at all at home, which they should be able to do with a home playoff game, uh, I think they can beat a Packers team that has struggled. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has struggled to find open receivers. And, you know, I, I think that has something to do with the pressure that's been put on him. But I also think it's something to do with the fact that he doesn't have receivers that can get open. He certainly doesn't have a run game that's reliable enough for me to sit here and say Green Bay can go on the road in the playoffs and win a playoff game. The Redskins have showed me an awful lot towards the end of the season, beating the teams they should beat, winning their division, and Kirk Cousins is making all the big plays. I, I like the Redskins in this one. I'm going to take them at minus one. So picks, picks for the wild card round. Here it is. Texans plus three and a half. Bengals plus three. Seahawks minus five and a half. Redskins minus one. Looking to get above 500 for the first time in a long time. Whatever happens in the wild card round and anything that happens this weekend in the world of sports, I will react to it on Monday's podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the Danny Picard Show at dannypicard.com. You can also get the show on iTunes, Stitcher, any app where podcasts are available. Uh, this show is also available. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm out. Talk to you Monday.